Hello and welcome to Star Descent. My name is Sylvester. This is Sam Bradley. What the hell was that? What on earth? Welcome was that? to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. It's the oh. third time we've done that intro, so I went way mm -hmm. overboard. No, I like it. I like it. Let's leave that one in. Ed, how's your week in D&D been? We are recording on a Monday mm. and not a Thursday or Wednesday, so it's we haven't got as much campaign-y stuff That's okay. to talk about. It's all right. We're going to... Listen, we'll fabricate uh, miscellaneous responses to a game of D&D. &D. Something along the lines of... Oh... <laughs> That was a nice bit of role-playing when that character uh, had an interaction with that other character and Ah! Wasn't it good when we found a magic item? Who'd have thought it was hiding in that innkeeper? <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I like, I, I, like, I like this game a lot. Like, oh, when the DM, you know, ate that badger's heart and it wasn't even for the game we later found out. No. That's... That was a hell of a thing, wasn't it? That was a thing. It was part of some strange ritualistic element. So Or not. Who knows? Yeah. We haven't played yet. But, you know, we've never let reality get in the way of this show before. I don't want to start now. Damn right. And speaking of alternate realities, we picked up a book this Ooh. week, didn't we, Samuel? We picked up two books because we live apart despite what the papers say. Two are the same book. No. Is that yeah. even... Yeah, whatever. Anyway... We picked up, and this is thanks to patrons as well, because obviously that allows us to fuel the uh, show, but we picked yes, up uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravens in the Loft. Hmm. You've been getting them off the market again, haven't you? This isn't actually Wizards of the Coast. This is a guide to Ravens Yeah, it does say here, made by Blizzards of the Cost. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I need to talk to you about that market, that covered market where they sell the Tommy Hilfinger. <laughs> Tommy Hilfinger and I buy my D&D merchandise from a guy called Daniel Denderson and he's like I'm Daniel Denderson come and get your D&D merchandise so yeah we got Van Rixen's guide <laughs> to Ravensloft that, that was just that just became upsetting <laughs> um yeah we got to the guide to Ravensloft and I gotta say for all the, not my fear, but my, I guess my concern that it was just going to be, hello, here's how you do horror. There's actually quite a lot to it. And I've sort of been talking to a few people online about how it is actually worth your time. And if you want to do something a bit different and bring scary scaries in, pick it up. But we'll probably be doing a full series of shows at some point about this. Yeah, yeah. If not, or, or just like a quick whistle stop. Yeah, through it. All aboard the train, jump on board, get in the carriage, we're getting a whistle ghost, stop. A ghost the train. A ghost train. Yes, yeah. see? That is true. There is actually a fantastic bit of art in there on page 169 or 196. Either one of those two. Of, <laughs> Try them out. Yeah, of a ghost train, which looks fucking banging, to be fair. Yeah, it looks really cool. Now. Go on. Let us, I think, shall we play the ads and then get into this wonderful show of ours? You fucking forgot that I bought you a present. Well, uh, yeah, that is true. Samuel also purchased me Don't a lovely. Like, oh, Sam needs this constant <laughs> validation. Like it's a, like it's a surprise to these people. I mean, get it. Is it, is it a gift if, if it's there just to, you know, to, to make you feel or look better in the front of other people? 
Yeah, it is. I'll have it back then, you <laughs> No, it's really guess. good. No, Sam got me a... Uh, he sent through a wonderful uh, gift, which is like a... I don't know, I guess it's... The best way to describe it is a, like a flat pack mechanical puzzle, which as you build it becomes a wonderful little uh, a dice um, holder element, right? Which has a load of mechanics in it, so you open it up and then like all the... <laughs> All the um, cogs do a lot of stuff, and they like push out your dice and makes it. And it gets like a ooh, it's got a real mm-hmm. um, suitcase in um, Pulp Fiction element to it. You know when they open up, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. nice, yeah. Uh, which was very, very nice of you, Samuel. I do like it, but a lot. So thank you very much for that. You're very welcome. It was. I mean, I'm not really that good a friend because I, I do consider it to be a little bit of a birthday gift, and your birthday was two and a half months ago. Also true. So. can't take all the credit i'm just a shitty human being brilliant right well look speaking of products and or services and or experiences that one can purchase and or consume how about we buy into a corporate uh fat cat agenda and run some adverts Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades! That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl Bunny as they solve the Wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades. It's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, advertisers. Um, it is great to be part of the network, although it sounds like I'm pandering now, so who knows. Ed, should we talk about some wizards? Ooh, wizards, yes. So we continue our arc inspiration points. Um, mm-hmm. This week, last week, we obviously had a bit of a conversation around uh, what makes a wizard whiz and uh, how you can... I quite like that. Um, That's really good. And how things can tick over with, you know, your staffs, your your apprentices, your wizard home, things like that, mm-hmm. and just sort of bringing mm-hmm. that thematic piece. And then this week, as we go and we travel forwards in time, we are looking at the mechanics based on those things. So we've gone and said, right, what are the things that make wizards happen? Let's have a look at some mechanics to make those wizards more happening. So, Ed, do you have some dice? I do have some dice in this lovely dice holder. <coughs> oh, oh, nice Pop. throwback! You're gonna need a d6 and a d8. Oh, a d6 and a d8. What do I roll first, because, Sam? What have we got? Well, here's what I've been working on. Obviously, the last show we established that a focus of magic is a huge thing mm. for a wizard. It's it's a little bit of your personality. It is what connects you to the arcane forces that you wield. Yes. Predominantly. It allows you to... Channel magic. Channel magic, yeah. We are... We are... No, it's fine. We are, of course, talking of uh, starves, staves, wands... Oh, but this is wild, because you've done the cardinal sin, Mm. and you've entrusted me with things that matter. Okay, well, that's There are some... There are some normal suggestions on these tables, but there are also a few ooh, little outsider choices. So, first of all, as we build Ed's centre of magical focus... Well, the interesting thing is, is I have two wizards in-game, don't I? 
Exactly. So why don't we make two of these, and I'll assign one to each of my wizards. Love it. Yeah. Sounds Love good, it. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so first, roll a d8 for me. D8. Mm -hmm. We have a one. All right, well, that's boring, because one is a wand. That's fine. Because that's how my head works. No, one is wand. Right, so I've got a wand. Next okay, up. so you got a wand. But what's it made out of? Roll another d8. Another d8. Mm -hmm. It's a seven. Oh, that's brilliant. A thick mahogany colored resin. Oh, I like this. Okay, perfect. Next up. So now roll a d6 and we'll give you a magical flavor Ooh. for when you use said item. Is it salted caramel? Uh, one. It's definitely not. As you cast, mm -hmm. time seems to slow around you as the magic springs forth. Oh. So it's kind of like, I got it. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Nice. Like, fuck that bitch. Boom. Then it all speeds up again. Yeah. Wicked. Okay. All right. Well, that, I think. Right now, I think that'll, that'll go to Zebulon. I think. This inky black uh, resin one. Yes. We'll see. We'll see what the other one is because they, they might they might be able to. It's mm -hmm. quite easily interchangeable. All right. So yeah. two D8s and then a D6. Yeah, but do them in order. So come on. Yeah, yeah. So D8, next up, go. two. Two. This is a much better one. A strange glowing cube with movable pieces. Ooh. Oh, this is yeah. good. All right. Yeah. Um, another two. Rose quartz. Ah, lovely. Pinky, yeah. pinky moving cube. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And then finally, and a, a six. D6. Yep. A six. Your pupils disappear as you cast, and all you see is the space between planes. A mercurial void of untapped raw magic. Oh my god, this is perfect. That's perfect for an alias. All of this is that mm -hmm. is literally perfect for an alias. Puzzle cube, yes. Pink, he literally comes from a, a an order of wizards. Um, who I think are the base they have like purple robes, um, yeah. So like that that blends into the whole like color scheme thing anyway. The the eyeball thing is perfect because he's a um, divination wizard, and whenever he does his uses his uh, portents, he his eyes go white. They mist over, mm -hmm. and he sees the multiple um, possibilities that happen, and then chooses I like one. That a lot. So, for instance, um, last last time we were playing, he uh, basically changed a crit against one of the one of the, one of the team down to just like a normal attack, and he saw mm -hmm. like multiple um, iterations of the enemy's attacking arm, and then there was one where it was like directly in the heart, and then there were like four or five other ones where it was like just a clip on the shoulder or like. So it's like Prince of Persia, Doctor Strange type shit. Yes, and going, I'm going to choose that one where it's just the clip on the shoulder rather than the one where you know that guy's finger is directly in your eyeball there are yeah i mean <laughs> that's what we all like there are other options just mm. just on that table run down your fun ones um my fun ones are a severed hand right nice a uh, a small broken pocket watch or a blunt ceremonial dagger mm. now some of the more interesting materials where i was really sort of oh no a d5 isn't a thing <laughs> <laughs> they, they number um, an otherworldly shimmering liquid that behaves like a solid. Mmm. Very cool. I really like that one. Or uh, my personal favourite, a number eight on the materials table is an inky black obsidian that seems to suck in all the light around it as if it's a portal to another plane. Very cool. Got some Shadowfell yeah. vibes there. Right. 
Exactly right, exactly right. Uh, one of my favourite magical flavours was if you rolled a three, necrotic energy bursts from your core and any grass or fauna around you withers and dies. Nice. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I like this. That's a that's a lovely... Those are some lovely little tables. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. Yeah, they're really... Thank you. No worries. Nice positivity starter set this today, this week, I feel like. I like that. It's nice. I feel like I've done a good job. Yeah. Can I talk you through the master and apprentice table? J hey. Listen, Look. if I don't have to do much work, um, this sounds great. Welcome to me on every single episode of this show up until Maybe right now. What we're experiencing here is the apprentice <gasps> getting slightly better. Oh, don't. Better. Look, he couldn't <laughs> handle it, could he? Look at him. Oh, I've got cubed. Hold my dice in. Thinks he's Billy Big Bollocks. Right, moving on. Uh... As we said last on, week. Then, what have we got? Yeah, a big part of being a wizard is the relationship and the type of relationship you have with your master. Mm. And as we said on the show week before last, Ed made one of these for your fighter. Basically, it's a small... Well, why don't you explain the mechanic again for the uh, the Master Apprentice table? <clears throat> yeah, so so you can use this... I mean, obviously, so you can use it... The nice thing with wizards is I think you can do it either way. You can either go like it's how you relate to your master or the person you're learning from or how mm -hmm. your apprentice relates to you, which is quite nice. But what you're looking at really yeah, didn't you is think of that? a sliding scale. Mm -hmm. So let's say there are there are notches on this sliding scale. At a zero, your apprentice or master hates you and there's like, nah, I, I see you later. <laughs> at the tippity top, they're like your best friends. You'll share everything. Um, you can trust them with your money and your wife sort of thing. And then in the middle is like a standard um we do this and it's a working relationship and it's good it's not bad it's just straight down the middle i pay you you give me a service sort of thing or vice yeah. versa so that's the idea so what are those levels sam so you go in at neutral and remember mm -hmm. we've got the mechanic of you you roll a couple of times and if you get a couple of positive rolls you move up the scale if you mess them up you move down the scale so let's start at neutral mm -hmm. let's say you pass your first test your master will allow you to use one of their many homesteads throughout the world to rest mm. or just chill out. Uh, now, this is something you'll have to talk to your DM about. And obviously, we've established that because wizards can kind of be anywhere, because they can teleport and all that stuff, I mm. thought, well, there's no reason they can't have houses all over the place. So yep. why would they not want to, you know, well, yeah, okay, you're good, you're trustworthy. Yeah, sure, you can come around and, you know, just feed the cat and yeah. don't let any of the plants die and we'll be fine. Nice, that's good. So let's say you pass again, you go up that scale again. You get yeah. a plus one to either your decks or your wisdom because the more you train, the more world-weary you become and that's essentially it. So you get mm -hmm. a plus one as long as you're at that level that's to cool. either decks or wisdom. And finally, and this is, this is something I'm quite proud of, Let's say you ace your three rolls and you train mm. and you pass, you train, you pass. He's given you your booster decks. He's made you wiser. He's let you come in the house, feed the cat, the whole shebang. <laughs> he gifts you, or he or she gifts you, an amulet. Ooh. And what the amulet allows you to do is to call on your master and ask him or her, hey, we're in a bit of a bind. Now, this is not a call mysterious guardian who will drop out the sky and just level the fight. 
This is more for when, let's say you're a DM and you put a puzzle in front of your crew and mm. one of them said they were going to be a wizard, but he's not playing to type because obviously metagaming and gaming are two different things and they just can't figure it out. Your wizard goes, you know what, I'm going to have to, even Sherlock Holmes has an older, smarter brother, right? Yeah. Pulls out and he says, uh, yeah, Master, we're in a fucking bind here we need a hand and it basically allows your dm to put themselves into the game for a moment and say no you fucking idiot it's blue red blue blue red not red blue red red green think <laughs> did you not look at the tablets outside that yeah. kind of thing and you can yeah, only use good. it like once a week or whatever i haven't really quite worked that out but it's just a little bit of a problem solving device you can also I, I quite like that that's quite nice you can use that as well for um if you want to limit it a bit by calling multiple times, it's like I wish I oh, never given you my number. Oh, he knocks you anymore. down the scale again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it crumbles yeah. to dust, and he's like, "Oh, he blocked me." Yeah, exactly. But I've got a, I've got a handful of dust. <laughs> Speaking of going back down the scale, yeah. What are the negative things that, that could potentially happen with your with your master? So the first thing first, um, your and this is one of the last things I did this afternoon, so it goes a little bit off the scale towards the end but just 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 work it out when that happens first things first you fail once and your master's like look you're clearly too distracted with these new friends you have you've forgotten your roots and you've become too obsessed uh, obsessed with material things so i'm going to dock you like 100 or 200 gold and i'm just going to oh, have that just a little bit of a leveling yeah, yeah. yeah you think you're billy big balls no no no, no. We, this is not what it's about I don't carry mm. this one because it's fashionable. I carry it because I forged it and think, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. So if you fail again, your master deems you unteachable and so casts you out for Jesus. a week or so. Just a week. Get just expelled. Yeah, basically. Walk around the block, clear your head. It's kind of like when they do that Doctor Strange thing where they go, actually go, and they shut the door behind him. And the test is to see if he fucking waits there for like a week or whatever it is. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, So you have to do that. And if you... And this is where it goes a little bit off the rails. If you mess up a third time, not only do they deem you unteachable and say you cannot come back, they will actively look for another apprentice. Now, this might sound relatively innocuous mm. until maybe your DM decides that, hey, this new apprentice's thing graduation is to hunt you down and take you out because your master is so peeved that he or she deems you unworthy of having uh magical powers yeah or, or you're a dangerous to wizard kind sort of thing that makes more sense yeah exactly <laughs> well no i think it's still it's quite good i mean the uh i do like that of the um your your test and it's even more interesting if if your test in itself is later on to go and take out the other one you know what i mean hey if, okay here's a new one that we reinvented this on the show if you roll four times you have to go and kill his old apprentice and yeah, there's no exactly. there's no That's time limit on it but if you know if you come across someone who's like oh yeah i fucking trained under master artemis and he, he, he was just like oh, you're so good i think you should be teaching me and you're like mm-mm Mm -mm. you're the guy not today son not today yeah <laughs> yeah good all right i like that yeah fair enough 
I um I spent some time on this as well, thinking up some mechanical elements. Because yeah, but does it involve assassins? Because uh, apprentice master. Uh, no, it doesn't. But which which is fine. Um, it may involve some assassinations of ideas. Ooh. Right. Color me, color me interested. Which is a mixture mm. of purple and blue. Go. Um, isn't that just like more? Anyway, uh, yes, so I was thinking about actually if you have got an apprentice and how you can mechanically go around teaching them. So you spend a couple of hours going like, hey, do this movement and then say uh, L, L gun and you'll shoot off magic missile, right? Mm. Um, you spend that time in game doing that teaching thing and then they, and then they either they get it or they don't. So there's a way of kind of going like, all right, how am I going to convey my information down into this? And how do we make that into a mechanic? And I thought it's quite actually, I basically did like a skill test element in my head, right? Oh, I like that. So the idea is you roll your charisma. You charisma. roll a charisma check. Yeah. Um, now it can be, you might be able to put persuasion in there um, or depending on your teaching style, I suppose as well. Because you could put intimidation in as a potential to do it, or performance. So be, get a bit of Guild yeah. or a Lockhart going on. Yeah, exactly. So you do a charisma check that puts your DC level right. Mm -hmm. Now the person that's trying to learn it has to roll underneath your check. So the higher you, the better you do in this. Oh, the, the more margin there is for yeah, to, yeah to get it right. Okay. But they're going to make an intelligence check. But instead of adding their intelligence from their d20 roll, they're going to take it away. So it's easier for them to roll underneath your charisma roll. And I think huh. that's how you can then start to like impart information and spells into a because that is apprentice. the fundamentals of teaching, isn't it? It's displaying information, mm -hmm. the aptitude to take it on, but the humility mm. to know that you don't know everything. Yeah. Up, up, down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's elegant. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. That's really good, man. Mm. Um, and with that big ego boost, let's <laughs> move on to uh, the other element that we're talking about, which is like your wizard abode, your home, your whiz, your whiz, whiz home. I was, I, I was, whiz I pad. I had something clever there, but no, whiz pad, something else. Um, yeah, have you got a rollable table? Because we did, uh, we did have a couple of good ones last week, didn't we? We had towers, mm -hmm. uh, long boats. I really yeah. like the idea that um, you could be a wizard that has like active camouflage because then you can. It's kind of like Liam and Tiny Hut, except it's fixed in one place, and you could mm -hmm. be wandering the desert. And go, oh, we have to climb up that sand dune, and then the sand dune disappears and you fall through someone's ceiling. They're like, "The fuck are you yes. doing here?" And you're like, "Oh, desert wizard, <laughs> give us your wisdom." Yeah. So um, I haven't got a table to roll on because I was actually thinking about what happens when you've got your abode because you can kind of flavor it however you want to flavor it um it's just something to think about but mm. it's going okay you've got your home what is atypical of a wizard's home what would they want to have in there you know what are your what are your mod cons for a wizard so i'm thinking teleporter circle mm -hmm. alarms magical alarms um scrying pools um wards oh, places to chest. enchant that kind of thing yes yeah chests like that, that can only be locked if you you know if you tickle it in the right way and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. so 
I spent some time just thinking about actually how would you go around mechanizing mechanizing I always have an issue with that <laughs> mechanizing doing that stuff and I, f I actually figured it's relatively simple because it's the same sort of stuff that you would see in the um, DMG when they're talking about making a magic item mm -hmm. it's kind of you're taking that away but you've already got it so for instance you're going to need the space to be able to draw a teleportation circle because you're going to want it because that's how you're going to get to and from no, 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 you know, no, your no. home no 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 oh yeah go on this is what you do you draw it you have a big round room right and mm. this is fucking great. I've just thought of this. So you have you have it drawn on the ceiling of a big round room, right? And you don't use it to get about. You have two. One to just get about normally. But one drawn in like the main master room, right? Right. And you have an armchair. This is so good. And then boom, the assassins, because there's always fucking assassins. They kick the doors and they're like, oh, get him. And you turn around in your swizzle chair and you're like, not today, bitch. And you hit a button and the chair, boom, up like an ejector seat, except you go up through the teleport <laughs> and you have to time it. And you're just like, bye, click next door, boom. And you're gone. Perfect. Sure. I mean, that's great. So <clears throat> choosing your positioning and all that stuff is obviously going to be needed. Uh, 100%. So yeah, fine. You put your teleportation circle wherever you want it. Your scrying thing. It could be a mirror. It could be a pool. It could mm -hmm. be... Anything reflective. What if... Sorry. Oh, here we go. Yeah, go on. What if... I'm not sure if this makes sense. I'm just getting quite excited. you got a big round bathtub. Yeah. Wait. <coughs> and uh, you have different taps, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this doesn't work at all. Oh, actually, yeah, it does. And one of the taps is just like normal water and you can use it for scrying or like a pensive, you know, from Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. You can use that to scry on people. But other tap you turn it and it just lets out like several dribbles of ink that go mm -hmm. down like etched uh etched markings for a teleportation circle but it's okay. at the bottom and you go boop, 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 and you're like they're banging on the toilet door and you go no you're not gonna get me and you <laughs> you turn the green tap and the ink pours out and it makes you know it follows the little um the grooves that you've yeah and it makes a teleportation circle and then they kick the door and you're like, later, bitch. And you you just jump in the tub and then, boom, gone. Disappear in a cloud of bubbles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It's a bit strange that you're using a bathtub to, like, spy on people. Because, you know, you're probably it was, sitting in I was, I was trying to you're... legitimize that because I'd had yeah. such a wonderful idea for the teleportation <laughs> circle. I was trying to make it proper. What else? You could... You could use a bathtub for a... I mean, it's big, isn't it? Because teleportation circles like 10 feet across. They are, yeah, they're quite big, so it's going to be a big bath. Yeah. It's going to yeah. take a while. I think you'd have lots of green taps. Just, whoa, there's no one here. <laughs> You're turning them all on. Come on, come on. Brilliant. Um, or a sauna. A sauna might work. That's just silly, Ed. Oh, but you yeah, could dis You could disappear into like a cloud of smoke, I suppose. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you play your fog cloud. Or something mm -hmm. like that. But um, moving back, he went in there. No, he didn't. Bath, <laughs> bath based ch chat. Um, actually, getting those spells in, right? Mm. And I think this is just going to be a case of number one. It'll be based on how rare magic is within your world. So if everybody can do it, then it's probably going to be a bit cheaper. You can probably even get like a contractor to come in. You're like, oh yeah, and they'll come in and go. Oh, teleportation circle there. That's going to cost you a little bit of... And, it, and, a, and a chair goes up, but you, you realise you've got about three feet before you 
yeah, crack yeah. your skull open. It's fine. <laughs> mm, I don't know if that's going to get signed I know, off. Like, I've got a vision. You yeah. Anyway, <laughs> depending on how um, rare it is to do these spells or things like that, then obviously there's going to be a monetary value involved with it. And I, I, I don't know. I, let's put it at about a thousand gold a level. I think yeah. that's quite reasonable. Or you could find um, a place. Maybe your DM could dot, like, you know, baby's first tower. And it is just a derelict house. But, hey, no one's yes. going to bother you. And you can make a bit of a lair and build it up and build it up. A lair? Oh, Sam, you've gone evil wizard there. No, but, really? like, yeah. Nice wizards have, like, you know, welcome to my home. Not, Not lair. Not this guy. Lair is, lair is, hey, come in. Yes, sniff this. And, oh, no, it looks like... You're, you're, I've now removed your head and mm-hmm. you're just going to be able to here's talk what, to me forever. Here's what a lair is. A lair <laughs> is going, having guests around and putting them all in the main big round room mm. and you go, oh, I'm just, just going to go and start running a bath and you close the door and you green taps and you jump in and they're all like, what the fuck's he going in there? He had his round, he's going for a bath and then bang, you come out the ceiling straight onto the chair and they go, oh, what? And then you <laughs> click the button and the chair goes up through and you vanish again. That's a lair. <laughs> This is insane. Uh, brilliant. All right. Well, with that, let's bring the show to a close before this gets really weird. I'm unappreciated in my time. That's the best idea I've ever had. I'm just thinking of where else you could hide them behind. I'd have a trap door. That's what I'd do. I'd have a trap door. And they'd be going, well, you'll do. Oh, I'm going to tell everyone about this. And you're like, no, you're not. Click the button under the desk. And they fall. And they go, ah, and you call down the hole. Like, you know, bathtub, not bathtub, but, you know, maybe you have one on the side of the house, like portal, and they fall down and they go, oh, it's only three feet, and then boom, they fly out the side of the house. That's quite nice. Quite Onto like a that. stack of broken bodies <laughs> that you can't get the council to move. Brilliant. Right. I'm doing it now. Okay. As always, we have been Starter Set. You have been our listeners. Roll well, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. Thank you.